Well, good morning, everyone. On this, the fourth Sunday of Advent 2020, Mary and I just finished watching season four of The Crown on Netflix. And so it seems a most fitting moment to bring you greetings on behalf of the royal family. Christmas blessings to each and every one of you. And in the spirit of my long-suffering son, Charles, an admonition to keep a stiff upper lip. Well, we heard the text from 2 Samuel this morning. We heard that David wanted to do something for God. He wanted to bestow upon his Lord a great gift of worship and honor. He wanted to give God a big Christmas gift. He wanted to build God a proper house, a fitting sanctuary. And he would spare no expense. For here he was, King David, I mean, living in his own comfortable house of cedar, free from his enemies at last. Finally, on top of the holy hill of Zion, in control of the kingdom. While the ark of God, that holy vessel, that portable vessel, which carried the commandments and the very presence of the Lord, was still residing in a tent. So how can this be, thought the king. And so the young and pious David announced to his prophet Nathan. Nathan, he said, I want to build the Lord a grand residence. And Nathan responded, Very well, O king. Go and do what you have in mind. I'm sure the Lord will be with you. Now, when Nathan retired to his chambers that evening, he could not get to sleep. And in the darkness, the word of the Lord came to him, to Nathan. And the Lord said, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house? I can imagine God thinking, Like, is this really for me that you're wanting to do this? Like, it might be nice for you to ask first. To ask me if I want a big fancy house like yours. Now, these are ancient texts. But human nature hasn't changed all that much over the centuries. And so they're still strangely relevant. A red flag should go up when you hear of someone who wants to bestow a large gift, especially for God, to proclaim how great God is. More often than not, it's some sort of twisted ego trip cloaked in the guise of praise and worship. David has arrived at the top of his game and he's feeling rather godlike. He enjoys a big house. And so he figures that if he does, then God probably will as well. And is this not the human condition? For it to be all about us. But then to project something slightly different outward, as if we're truly virtuous, as if it's not about us, but about the greatness of God. We humans are generally not aware of our hubris. 
Well, so what about Christmas? This is, after all, a Christmas homily. And what might this do have to do with Christmas? Well, Christmas, the celebration of the coming of God into the world, it's about the birth of God, the incarnation of God in the flesh. It's about a house for God, in a sense. We talk about Christmas as the big event. However, if we think about it a bit, it's not really the first time that God appeared on earth. According to the Hebrew scriptures, God has been present from the very beginning, sometimes even in the form of human beings, like when those strange visitors appeared to Abraham and Sarah by the tent at the Oaks of Mamre. And sometimes God present also in the form of nature when Moses was stunned by a bush that would not be consumed by flame. And the Hebrews actually believed that God was present physically, mysteriously in that ark that they carted around the desert and that they brought along with them into the promised land. They believed that God was in fact living with them and needed a better house in which to reside. And it was finally Solomon, not David, but Solomon, David's son, who did build the magnificent temple in which God would live on Zion. So Christmas, in many ways, is about God coming again, or about how God is already here, or about how to recognize the God who always lives among us. The Christ child, Jesus, David's heir to the throne, comes in such an ungodly fashion. Here he is again, not in a big house, but in a lousy tent, in a portable place, just like he was back in the desert, in the ark. This time it's a barn, for goodness sake, with cow shit and straw. It doesn't seem quite right. It doesn't seem quite right to us, It didn't seem quite right to David. But, as Nathan said to David, are we the ones to tell God what sort of house he's supposed to live in? This is how he comes. How he chooses to come. And still, after all these centuries, all these rehearsals of the Christmas story, all these services... His type of presence, the way he chooses to come, is still a surprise to us. God is so unlike us in so many ways. God is not seeking the glory as we so often do. God is not expecting lavish gifts from us. He's not wanting us to go around telling everyone how great he is. As Emily Dickinson says in her poem, that Carrie read last week. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. God asks not a crumb. God is incredibly humble. 
incredibly self-giving, always willing to be present on the outskirts and in the background. Wanting to give us everything she has without expecting anything in return. Boundless and bottomless grace. What a gift it is to come into the contact with this living and holy presence that still lives in our world. What a gift it is to receive it. The very presence of ongoing mercy and grace. May each one of us in our own way sense it this year. And may it fill us with joy and renewed purpose for these days. Amen.